Section 54 of Egypt, Africa, and Arabia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Farno Jahangiri. The World's Story, Volume 3. Egypt, Africa, and Arabia. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 54. Traditions of the Sheikhs of Morocco, 16th century by T. H. Wire. The Sheikhs or mystics were those who sought to know God directly, and not through a third person or through a book. The Editor. 1. The Miracle of the Palm Tree. The Sheikh of Ibn Mubarak was a worker of miracles. On one occasion, a number of tribesmen arrived at his abode, so it is related, and he ordered gruel to be cooked for them, all in baskets made of palm boughs, which they placed upon the fire, for all the ball as though they had been pots of iron. When fighting broke out between the tribes and civil wars arose, Ibn Mubarak would send to them, bidding them desist and lay down their arms, and condign punishment overtook all who ventured to set at naught his commands. Moreover, he set apart three days in every month in which the carrying of arms was prohibited altogether, and a man was forbidden on them to quarrel with his neighbor. The people called these days the days of Ibn Mubarak and on them a man would foregather with the murderer of his father and with the murderer of his child and not be able to speak with them this was the recognized custom both amongst the arab and amongst the berber tribes of the Sioux and the country towards the south during these peaceful days even the beasts of the forest were safe from the hunter it is said that an Arab founded Jerboa on one of these days, and his companion bade him, Let it go, for this is a day of the days of the peace of our Lord Ibn Mubarak. The Arabs, however, could not desist, and shooting at the Jerboa, wounded it in the foot. But at the same moment the Arab shrieked with pain, for his own foot was broken, and he never walked upon it more. One of the sheikhs who belonged to the great Berber tribes of the Mesmuda, to which Ibn Mubarak also belonged, used to relate the following instance of his wonder-working skill. He told it to his son, who in turn recounted it to Ibn Askar. I was once, said he, encamped in the grove of palm trees along with thy mother, and I went aside to perform the legal ablution, leaving thy mother where she was amid the palms. As she sat there, her eye fell upon a cluster of dates at the top of a lofty palm, far beyond her reach, so tall and straight was the palm tree trunk. Thereupon she said aloud, By thy leave, O my lord of Namubarak, I would to God he would send me one who would cut off for me yonder bunch of dates. 
And thereupon she turned herself, and behold, behind her a man who stretched forth his hand towards the head of the palm tree, and the palm tree bowed down its head toward him. And he cut off the bunch of dates, and casted it towards the spot where the woman was sitting. Eat, said he, thank God and honor thy husband. He then vanished from her sight like a glance of the eye, and the palm tree returned as it had been before, erect and tall. The mother, continued the narrator, remained speechless with astonishment. This is a miracle which I have witnessed. At length she exclaimed, and when she had related to me the adventure, I asked her what manner of man he was that had appeared to her. And when she had described him, it was Master Ibn Mubarak, I said, by the Lord of the Kaaba, for I knew him. 2. The Sheikh Who Was As Good As A Timepiece the fame of more than one of the saints and sheikhs rested upon the sweet tones of the voice in the reciting of the Quran. One such was the sheikh Abu Hafs Omar, who belonged to one of the Arab tribes of the country, but who had taken up his abode in the city of Meknes, and there also he died about the year 1540. He was a man much given to ascetism, and to seclusion from the world. Every night he spent the interval between the two evening prayers in the recitation of the Quran, opening and closing the recital with a prayer. He would begin immediately after the sunset prayer and complete the prescribed portion immediately before the night prayer. And so accurately did he gauge the interval that the moment he ceased reading, People knew that the hour for the night prayer had come, and the next instant the call to that prayer would ring out from the minarets. This happened not occasionally, but night after night. He never came to the end of the prescribed portion, a moment too soon, nor a moment too late. For all that the call to prayers in that city of Meknes is sounded with extreme of punctuality. 3. The Sheikh Who Must Be Obeyed The Sheikh Abu Rabian was one of the wonders of the age and the marvel of his generation, after the way of the school of the Malamatiya, or cynics. His words were the words of the covetous, and his talk the talk of the miser. Yet he would rise in the morning rich and go to bed a beggar, all he had he gave to the poor and distributed his goods to the needy. He passed his days in ecstasy and walked the world as in a dream. If he chanced to meet a prince or happened upon any of the great ones of the earth, by thine office of me, he would say to him, for so much, and if the prince gave heed to his words and paid the price he asked, thou art secure, he would tell him. But if he disregarded his demand and refused his prize, he would tell him, Thou art deposed, and his word would come to pass as if by the predestination of God. Now when the Sultan Muhammad the Sheikh had conquered the town of Meknes, and was making persistent efforts to take by storm the city of Fez, one day Abu Rabian, 
appeared before him and stood in his presence. "'Buy fez of me for five hundred dinars,' said Abu Rabian to the sultan. But the sultan scorned his demand and refused his price. "'God has never laid such a condition upon any sultan,' quoth he. "'Neither is there anything like it in the law.' "'By Allah,' swore Abu Ravian, "'thou shalt not enter first this year.' Weeks passed, and months slipped by, and the sultan made no progress with the siege of Fez, nor any advance except into deeper despair of ever taking the town. At last the prince Abdul Qadir gave good counsel to his father and spoke before him wise words. Oh, my father, said he, do as the sheikh Abu Rabian has bid thee, and pay him the price he has asked, for he is indeed a mighty sheikh and a holy one of the saints of God. And he slacked not to urge his father, nor ceased to goad him on, until he yielded to his importunity, and gave him leave to make terms with the sheikh. Pay the money, was all the sheikh would say, and he abated not a dirham of his price. So the prince Abdul Qadir yielded him the bargain and paid him the money. By the end of the year, said Abu Rabian as he received the money and closed the transaction, by the end of the year God will finish the matter, and my affair is in the hand of God. Exalted be his name. And forthwith the sheikh scattered the money amongst the poor and distributed it to all who were in want, and did not keep for himself so much as a dirham. And from that very day the sultan began to have the upper and not the underhand, until when the year had passed and its months had come to an end, he took possession of Fez and entered the city in triumph. Many are the anecdotes related of Abu Rabian and the tales told concerning him. To pick one berry from the cluster and choose one grain out of the bushel, it is related by more than one of the fakis of al how, when the government of that town was in the hand of the Kaid Abdel-Wahid, the Arusi, and he shared it with a company of his relatives of the Beni Hamid. Then Abu Rabian arrived in the town and abode in it one night. But no sooner had he entered its gates and set his foot within its walls then he went straightway into the mosque and got him up to the top of the minaret. There he stood looking down upon the town, and the people in the streets could see him standing. Then he called at the pitch of his voice and cried aloud so that all could hear, O Bani Hamid, buy of me a cast or get you gone from it this very year. And the people heard the sheikh's words and spoke them in the ears of the Kaid Abdul Wahid. If our caste belonged to him, said the Kaid when he heard them, and if the town were in his hand, he might deprive us of it or drive us forth from it, when we have no other matter to think of, no rot better to distract our attention, we will attend to the words of an imbecile and obey the commands of a madman. The next day the sheikh left the country 
and as he left he said the kaid abdul wahid will go out of this town and the bani hamid will be driven forth from it and they will not return to it again forever and the event befell as the sheikh foretold even so it came to pass in the providence of god whose name be exalted there was in Meknes a famous fakih and preacher Harzus by name and to him the sheikh abu rabian one day sent a message by a messenger by thy soul of me wrote abu rabian but the fakih Harzus closed his ears and steeled his heart and the sheikh's messenger returned to his master and told him go back to him once more said abu rabian and say to him thou wilt be slaughtered like a beast thou and thy son and ye both will be hanged over the door of your own house in the garden when the fakih heard these words he was seized with panic and his heart became like wax he girded up his skirts and ran forth going like an ostrich and he neither stayed to rest nor stopped to drink until he came to the sheikh's house and stood before abu Rabian. oh my master said he what is this that thou sayest and what are these ill-boding words some error hath occurred quoth abu Rabian. but he spake in bitter jest and the fakih knew it oh sir cried he we will do all that thou layest upon us there will not be but what has been answered abu Rabian. time went on until three months had passed and the matter delayed and the sheikh's words had not come to pass but when three months had come and gone the prophecy was fulfilled and the threat was executed as we shall show when we come to the story of the fakih and preacher harsus of the meknes if god will exalted be his name to the son also of this fakih and preacher harsus did the sheikh abu rabian foretell their dreadful end for as he sat one day at the door of his house and the street before it ran with mud and mire abu rabian passed by clad in his finest clothes and decked in his best attire for he was on his way to the mosque and was proceeding to the place of prayer then the soul of the son of harsus was smitten with envy and he thought to spoil the sheikh's fine raiment if thou love god quoth he roll in this mud and he pointed to the street before him and indicated the flowing mire and abu ravian rolled in that mud even as a mule rolls in the sand and all because the other had adjured him by the name of god art content now asked abu ravian content returned the son of the fakih harsus then said the sheikh abu ravian even thus shalt thou roll thou and thy father in chains and the thing fell out as he had said and the event occurred as he had predicted many a similar story is told of the sheikh abu Rabian, and many a like tale is handed down concerning him four the sheikh zituni and the bees the sheikh zituni was a great traveler and a worker of miracles he was black of color and blind and one whose prayers were always answered some of the mystics indeed used to call him the blind serpent which does not bite those whom it stings 
on account of the rapidity with which the answers to his prayers came. He it was who escorted the caravans from the west in the pilgrimages to the holy house of God in Mecca, and to the grace of his prophet. And even the Arabs of Enged, and Zab, and of Tunis, for all their courage and rebellious spirit, dared not attack the caravans led by the Sheikh Zaytouni, for they saw the wonderful things which God brought to pass at his hands, and experienced the extent of his power. One of the excellent among those who traveled with him, a man of worth and veracity, gives the following description of an incident which befell their caravan and adventure which they met with. In one of the Sheikh Zitouni's journeys with the pilgrims, he says, no sooner had we alighted on one occasion in the Zab than we found ourselves surrounded by the horsemen of the wild Arabs on every side, intent on plunder, bent on spoil. In our distress, we begged the Sheikh for aid and told him what had befallen us. And from which side did they come? He asked. From every side, we replied. The Sheikh thereupon took up a handful of dust and threw it towards his right side and then another which he threw to his left, then a third handful which he threw before him and a fourth which he threw behind his back and immediately there came forth from that dust as it had been an inundation of bees which scared the horses of the Arabs and they vanished from our sight as a mist vanishes before the sun and the people were astonished and marveled greatly. When the day was over, the Arabs appeared once more on foot, bringing with them their wives and children, and driving before them herds of cattle and flocks of sheep and goats, being desirous to be reconciled to the sheikh and to obtain of him his blessing, such was their terror of those bees. And the Arabs of those parts relate how, on coming for plunder to a caravan in which the sheikh Zaytouni was, they would find it surrounded by a wall which none could scale nor any dig through. The following is the Sheikh Zaytouni's recipe for rendering an encampment impregnable, as it is given by his pupil Ahmed Zarouk. He would commence by saying, I take refuge in God from Satan accursed. Next he would begin to march round the encampment, reciting as he did so the 97th chapter of the Quran, until he sealed the circuit at the point where he had begun. Then verily the camp would be safe and secure from robber and thief, and God would indeed build around the encampment a wall which no thief could either scale nor dig through. This is of the things as to which there is no doubt, and a fact which is beyond question. End of section 54. This recording is in the public domain. Recording by Farnu Jahangiri.